Maskwam Gelabak Metro FM Talk. Welcome. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, thank you thank you very much everyone, for inviting us and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the conversation. Maybe just explain for our purposes here, Dr. Slangu, so that we can understand. Um, when we say doctors are unemployed, is that solely a budgetary issue because there isn't enough money to create or fund the posts or is that something else? <coughs> the, the reasons given by the Department of Health are both at a national level and uh, at a provincial level through the nine provinces is that uh, there are quite a lot of austerity measures in place uh, and uh, a lot of budgetary constraints. I think uh, they are alleging that uh, uh, there's been uh, budget cuts from Treasury, and as a result, there is no enough, there's not enough money in the fiscus available to to absorb doctors. Now, that's their that's the version that they present to us, which mm. obviously we do not accept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why do you not accept that? It, it's a simple reason, Ayobong. Uh, you see, uh, healthcare. In this country, um, and I'm sure in many other jurisdictions as well, is a, is a basic human right. Now, you see, one of the biggest tragedies that it, of our time is that the people who preside over the public health care system, they themselves do not subscribe to it. So mm. what we mean by that is your ministers, your MECs, your HODs, your DDGs, directors, chief directors, they've got these things called medical aids and they've got this beautiful private health care system that should they need health care at any given time for themselves or for their beloved family members, they're guaranteed to go to the health, to the private health care system and find a doctor. In fact, what they find is that um, they, they, they're actually treated by specialists. If mm. a minister complains of a headache, they send them to the neurologist. If he complains of a little bit of a chest uh, pain, they send to a cardiologist. But the more than 90% of our people, the poor and marginalized, who rely on the public health care system, who themselves don't have any other option, when they go to our clinics and our hospitals, mm. they don't find a doctor. Now, that is unacceptable. When you understand that health care is a basic human right, now, yeah. that is the reason why we say it cannot be acceptable. And I get that, uh, Cedric. It cannot be acceptable. But uh, I also am hitting up against a bit of a challenge here. When one looks at, I guess, the uh, budgetary envelope uh, for this purpose, I'm looking at a budget vote here for health care. Uh, from the last budget that was delivered for this three-year cycle from this financial year through to 2025. Um, and if we just look at the compensation of employees alone, that has been slashed or in the next three years is set to grow at negative four percentage points. Effectively, you know, 795 million, same level uh, that one would have found in around 2018-19. So in terms of allocations, it seems we're moving backwards. But then the department might argue that one of their programs in the last while has been about uh, getting more sort of human resources into the healthcare system. Uh, one of their programs here is one focused uh, on getting more and more people both in the primary and in the tertiary healthcare system. Um, and uh, I guess to some degree, you know, the numbers show, show them up there. Um, so, so what do you make of that? That on the one hand, uh, personnel or provisions for employees in the healthcare budget have declined across the board. Uh, but that also there are programs like Human Resources for Health, uh, where the allocations in 2019 were around 2.8 billion, uh, and those are set to grow to just over 5.3 billion in 2025. So it does seem that the money is there in certain parts of the system. Uh, but um, I mean, why does this not show up when I go to any tertiary healthcare facility? 
it, it's really straightforward, and, and we've made this this point time and time again. Um, is that you see, it's very much lopsided or dysmorphic in terms mm. of the the allocation of where the money actually goes. You see, when the ordinary South African goes to a clinic, they hope to find a nurse or a doctor. If they go to a hospital, the main purpose of going to a hospital is to get a healthcare professional. Mm. But what we find in, in, in the Department of Health largely is it's a very bloated uh, 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 you know, um, system at the top. So, for example, you have an MEC, an HOD, then you have these uh, uh, DDGs, you might have five or six of them, of course, getting a big chunk of the salary. Then from there, you've got directors. And from the directors, you've got deputy directors who are mm. also given assistant directors. And it just trickles. There's, there's a director for everything. So it's just uh, top-heavy. It's just top-heavy. It, it's very top-heavy. Now, that is, that, is the, that is the concern that we've raised time and again. To say, you see, we need the money to trickle down to where it's required the most. And it, it's just not good enough to say, yes, it's allocation for health. And then when you get there, you, you, you kind of uh, misappropriate it to the top segment and you kind of leave the bottom segment, which is the most crucial part. I do know uh, that in 2021, 2020, 2021, the minister did uh, appeal to Treasury to get allocation for interns and community service. Now, that gap seemed to have been closed. Uh, we didn't see much of a problem this year, but most of the interns were absorbed. Uh, and uh, most of the community service uh, doctors were absorbed. Now, because obviously that is a statutory obligation that before these doctors can, you know, practice independently, they've got to go through uh, the statutory internship, which mm. is two years, and the community service, which, which is one year. So there was money set aside for that purpose. But what, what government didn't do is think beyond the three years. Now, you've got this, this cohort that has done the two years plus the one year of community service. Now they are post-community service, and suddenly... Well, there's no money. See to finish. It's either you go abroad or you open a small uh, GP practice on the side of a corner somewhere. But uh, government simply does not have the money to absorb. I mean, to to, to appoint you. That's the problem that we face. So, so in a, in a way, um, you know, this shines a spotlight on this idea that is often bandied about, and we're going to hear a lot more of it again as we near February. That there is a bloated public sector bill. There needs to be a slashing of the headcount in the public service. But from what you're saying is that uh, it seems the headcount is really lopsided uh, in favor of, I guess, provincial, you know, um, centers and uh, top management and even, I guess, national-level departments. Absolutely. That's, that's really, the, you know, the, the, the outcry that, 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 that we've, we've, we've brought up time and again, as I, as I put it out here. And, and then, of course, I mean, we do know there's an industrial action here uh, that uh, is being undertaken. Tell us a bit more about that. Yes, um, Gideon. So um, uh, we, as the National Executive Committee of uh, of Samatu, uh, the trade union, mm. um, took a resolution to march, uh, or, or rather to, to, to conduct a national march, uh, which would be held in three provinces. Uh, it's KZN, Eastern Cape, and Gauteng. So this march was uh, um, uh, you know, to happen, uh, to, be, to, to be held on the 26th of January, mm. which did in fact happen. Uh, the biggest match was in Gauteng, where we had uh, the surrounding provinces, Lumpumalanga, Limpopo, um, um, and, 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 and the surrounds, uh, Northwest uh, Free State, come to Gauteng in Pretoria, and we marched to uh, the uh, Ministry of Health, where we delivered a memorandum to the Minister, uh, Honorable uh, Joe Pasha, who clearly uh, received the memorandum, and also from there indicated that, in fact, it's embarrassing that he has to come out and receive a memorandum 
of, of this nature, which is an, uh, which which uh, we are raising the issue of unemployed doctors. And, uh, and look, the, the point is not debatable. This this is, situation is untenable. It shouldn't be. We shouldn't be finding ourselves having to march just to raise the plight of un- unemployed doctors in the country. But in, indeed, we found ourselves in that situation. And uh, of course, we've got the undertaking that it will be remedied, uh, uh, you know, speedily. But still, we, we shouldn't be finding ourselves in this situation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, and I guess it's a very timely intervention that you're making because it does raise the question: um, to what degree, uh, not just are the allocations made in the subsequent budgets with the healthcare crisis that we're facing, uh, but how those budgets within specific budget votes are allocated? But the other question that I, I find, I guess, a bit puzzling for me is that many of the people who at this stage would be unemployed, I would think, would have been funded by the self-same government be it via the National Student Financial Aid Scheme or via, I guess, direct provincial support um, in order to come back and, and work in many of the places that they are now unable to work in. You see, you, 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 you're absolutely spot on. And, and what, is, what is surprising, when we had numerous meetings with the actual provincial department, for example, um, the previous year, uh, Eastern Cape Department of Health could not absorb the very the very doctors which it trained and doctors who had uh, contracts of performance that upon completion they would work for the province for x number of years to which they've been, they've been funded for that would have been give or take six years now they were saying we, we now are in a position where we have to release you from a contractual obligation because we cannot give you a job as uh, you know contained in the contract that you and i had signed as employer and you as now uh, you know, the, the qualified doctor. So uh, releasing those doctors from Eastern Cape to go find employment elsewhere in the country and essentially fend for themselves, no different from a similar situation that happened to uh, that happened in Nibobo the previous year where you had trained these doctors for about six, seven years, and now um, you say, I was supposed to be giving you a job now where you serve the province for the next seven years or six years, but I have to release you to go even out of the country if you so wish because I simply cannot absorb it. It tells you that somewhere in the pipeline, there's a failure of planning. Uh, it is just no anticipation. I mean, it, it, it almost, here's the thing. They say common sense is not so common, and it actually makes the point that a government that is responsible would, would know that in six years' time, the cohort of students that I was training is coming back home. Therefore, I must allocate them employment because they are here to serve their people. But there's no such work. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so it also raises big questions insofar as personnel planning and succession. Uh, yes. Or planning for the purposes of succession in many of our provincial healthcare departments. Absolutely, absolutely, and of course, it, it goes beyond just uh, you know locally trained uh, graduates. Remember, we send we send we send students over to Cuba uh, for, mm. for purposes of training, and uh, you know our, our government uh, I think took a correct decision when they realized that we are really under uh, supplied with doctors, and they they put a lot of resources into training doctors. But what what where they fail? They were very myopic in their planning. They just thought by, by training a doctor is adequate when they, when they graduate. They didn't foresee the period beyond them obtaining their, 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 their certification to say you are now done and what should happen beyond that. They, they, they seemed stunned that these doctors are now fully qualified and they're here to serve. Hmm. So, so in a sense, I mean, what is the kind of, of um, you know, relief you guys are looking for as you undertake this picket and maybe any other agitation that you'll be undertaking? Look, I must, I must, I must, I must, I must mention and indicate that uh, 
um, upon delivery of the memorandum on, on the 26th on Thursday last week, we, we, we had a very good uh, interaction with the minister, which was quite encouraging that indeed uh, we are looking to solving this particular problem uh, that we are faced with now with the quickest of speed, meaning that there, there, there would be uh, reallocation where possible to ensure that uh, a bulk of these doctors is, in fact, appointed within uh, the, the two weeks that we had, we, we had put forth. So we are having another meeting um, before the 7th of February with the minister to find out um, how far they've gone in responding to, to the memorandum and dealing with those issues raised therein. But uh, we are hopeful that uh, we'll ensure that uh, the, the, the bulk of the doctors are, in fact, uh, in employment uh, before the end of, uh, of, of February. Cedric, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Wait, is this Cedric from Vitz? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> Small world. Thanks, thanks a lot, Cedric. Small really world. appreciate it, bro. Okay, stop me, Sure, sure. Yeah, Dr. Cedric Sihlangu uh, joining us there. He is uh, with Somatu, uh, the uh, South African Medical Association Trade Union, and, uh, yeah, organizing uh, young doctors there, uh, many of whom <sighs> puzzlingly unemployed. Jani. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things.